Hey, welcome to the Culture Kings Podcast, the podcast that I don't host. But it is hosted by my good friends Edgar Montplazier and Jockey Snail. Very good guys. These guys are just going to talk about pop culture, sports, you know, a lot of shit. Shit people care about. I don't know how to put it. It's like... Podcast, but like a mosh pit. And if you ask him to stop, he'll start shit. I'm talking sports to politics to back and forth. They plead the fifth, and now I'm coming back from one. Ring, ring, really big ring. Basquiat with the crowny thing. With the comedians with the clowny thing. So you better bow down as the coach kings. Listen, I was I was about Sophie's complexion. Come on, I shit you not, dude. I'll show. I'll tell my mom to give me a. First of all, I I look yellow. (laughs) I mean, you look white. Yeah. Okay, my my liver is doing just fine. (laughs) I was your complexion with just like slicked down hair. I was light skin for about a day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it didn't stay long. Yeah, mine didn't like, stay long. The next day, my mom was like, "Yep, that's the black baby I thought I was gonna have." Yeah, but you know, like complexion is kind of weird like that because yeah. my brother is your complexion. We have the mm-hmm. same face. Yeah. And yeah, I like my dad must have looked at me and been like, "All right, so uh, yeah, where's what's going the on? melanin yeah. kick in?" <laughs> right. My brother Jonathan's the same way. Yeah, he was he's way lighter than me, and I was like, "How is this do my brother? Like, what's going on?" Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of crazy. I think that's why like the whole. Whenever a white person asks a, a, a black person if they're mixed or not, I'm like, nah, they can be black. They can and be black. Like, on um, both parents. Yeah. And still have very light skin. Listen, I know I look real white. Have I ever shown you a picture of my brother? Nah. Is he black? Is he black? No. Is that what you're going to say? Is no, that what no, you're no, going to say? No, 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 no. He makes me look tan. <laughs> oh, good. Ooh, he's, gotcha. like, so white that he's, like... Like, those people make me uncomfortable. He's so pale. Is that racist to say? No, that not at all. Make that white people make you they uncomfortable. Make me nah, uncomfortable. the ones that are very pale make me uncomfortable. No. I'm just like, what are you doing with your life that he's you don't have no so, sun? He's so white. But no, nah, that light of people have always made me uncomfortable. That's completely Yeah, crazy. yeah. Just because they're just weird. I was looking at some <laughs> bizarre, man. Like, go fucking outside. Uh, I feel like you just go outside a couple times. Mm. You won't be pasty. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's just so weird. I it's like you people. It, it, you have you seen uh, what's the movie? <laughs> this is getting into problematic territory. You just called my brother pasty. Well, he is. And you I'm called here. him okay, that first. And I'm here. <laughs> Do you know my Sophie, roommates, Kings and Cali? Yeah. So like, uh, we're we're rolling, right? Oh yeah. Oh right, yeah. Well, fuck it. But all right. So like, they have Kingsley without his shirt. He's a black man. Yeah. But without his shirt, because his mom is white. But without his shirt, he's white, dude. Bro. It's like pink, and I'm like, man, just go on the sun like once. <laughs> just go on the sun once, and it will never. It, he's his skin is pink, dude. But when I he takes his shirt here. off, you burned here. Yeah, I'm you what? Both my parents are black. They're actually from the continent, like. But I went to the pool when I first moved here. Not when I first moved here, but I went to the pool this past summer, and I burned on my shoulders, like the back. So yeah. you've never burned before? No, I'd never burned before. Yeah. But I, I don't, I'm not a beach person. Yeah. But, so, you can't just be advising people to go in the sun like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, wear some sunscreen, people. Wear That's some true. sunscreen. That's true. I think about, I'm thinking yeah. about my skin. because I've your never brother? burned. That's my brother. I've only burned once. Once? Once, it was like, where was I? I want to say I was like in Florida or something. I was just being wild. Just That's like the only time around. I burned. Yeah. Florida, that Florida, Florida sun. sun. That sun is, have you that been to Florida? Florida? Oh, different. yeah, I went to Florida once. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anybody. I was on the marine biology team at my high school. <laughs> Hell yeah. You just told a whole bunch of people. <laughs> Hell yeah. I would love, first of all, what is a marine yeah, biology team? Talk to us about how that works. And talk to us about being the only black person, probably the only sport in the, uh, the entire well, sport. Well, I was one of five black people in what? my grade. Oh, okay, period. Uh, so 75 people were in my graduating class. I think I was one of five full black people 
Um, and senior year, all of us wanted to dick around. So like kind of all five black people in my grade, we took oceanography and marine biology. It was like uh, a connected kind of two halves of mm -hmm. one year. And for the end of the school year trip, we went to some like marine biology camp in South Florida. <laughs> and, uh, I don't even remember, like, you know, but. Was I, it a wild trip? It was pretty crazy. Like, I didn't know I was going to have as much fun as I yeah. did. But we, like, I remember spef specifically, I know English. It was this summer after, or like the spring right around Usher's Confessions. <laughs> and, and um, old girl in the video was at some safari um, place that we were all at. And I'm like, yo, that's old girl who left Usher. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the chili looking like. Because <laughs> yeah, wasn't exactly. it a chili looking like? She's like an that? Asian, um, Asian, black and Asian yeah. looking woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine as fuck. But I remember being like, ah, that's crazy. She comes to safaris too. But yeah. So we did marine biology. We went to this like marine biology camp and we just saw animals and stuff. I don't even remember. I was 17 and I've smoked a ton of weed since then. So, but so we have really forgotten. Fun. Where'd you go to school at? Yeah. Um, where? What do you mean, high school? Like yeah. what city? What school was this oh. that had a marine biology team like right. that on deck? <laughs> I went to St. Anne's in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, damn, Chicago school slacking. <laughs> like, no, we ain't had like, nowhere near that. We no. barely had a bowling team. <laughs> A bowling team. A bowling I feel like team. I feel like a bowling team is that one team that you're like, wait a minute, your school had a bowling team, <laughs> uh, but then you ask around and you find out more schools have bowling teams. No, we didn't have a bowling, yeah, have a bowling. bowling team. See, look, Brooklyn got marine biology, Chicago got bowling. That's what we got. And LA had nothing. Yeah, nothing, no, nothing, nothing. at all. LAUSD had nothing. Y'all not what is even USD. LAUSD. Uh, United School District. Oh, okay, okay. They about to. They not. They about to not have teachers either. And like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're about to go on strike. That happens literally like every year. Yeah, no, that's bad. It's bad. They get treated so terribly. It's terrible. It's trash. But pay your teachers. Pay your teachers. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to idea. move on from that. It's Guys, welcome idea. to Culture Kings. Uh, I'm Edgar Mopes here. Across from me is the ever mighty Jaquise Neal. I'm pissed today, guys. I mean, we don't got it. We will get to it. We'll get to it. But first, we want to introduce. We want to introduce our Damn. guest. Very uh, phenomenal writer. Someone that I've been following on Twitter. I started following you. I'll be honest. I'm just going to be straight up with you. Okay. I started following you because you dunked on black men in, in Los Angeles. And I was like, oh, let me go see who this person is real quick. But then I couldn't say nothing back because you had my number. Like, I was like, she got me. She got me. Was dead it the to close tweet? Uh, that one was, I was already following you on that one. But I was like, I'm not going to. I sent it to uh, my girlfriend and she just laughed. She was like, yeah, that's true. Uh, but uh, no, nah, it was the one where, uh, about the comedy group White Woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. That got me in a little bit of trouble. Got me in a little trouble. That's when I started. But I kept following you. I Are you to in that group? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm okay, not. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. But uh, the guy who used to, uh, the, our original third host is yeah. in that group. You know him though. Y'all are you know friends. Carl Tart. Oh yes, I met mm -hmm. him, and he was really funny. Yeah. I, I it wasn't a critique of the individual comedians in the group. No. I just re I personally don't like centering white people in your resistance of white supremacy, even yeah. if it's ironic. The fact is, it looks like. Whatever, I've resolved this. Why do you bring this back? <laughs> yeah, let's bring this shit back. I was just being honest. Let's bring this shit back. I was back. just trying to tell I'm you. Friends, I just wanted you to know. I'm friends with um, Ify, too. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I remember he's that. He's Nigerian. I'm Nigerian. Like, we good. 
That was a, let me let me tell y'all something. Whenever some shit happens with black LA people, we all know. We all I know. Also yeah. you, you guys, look, I just wanted to clarify, yeah. and I still feel the way I did. This is not me backpedaling. No. But I had just moved from New York right. to LA short notice. Like I got a job, had to be here in three weeks. And um the way LA does blackness is not how Brooklyn does blackness. Yeah. And so I had a hard time adjusting to what felt like in stand-up comedy spaces, which is most personal for me because that's my baby. But, like, in comedy spaces, it looked like a rejection of blackness that looked like mine right? in favor of um, the white gaze, which translates often into, you know, television and things like that. And so I was alarmed, and then I saw a name pop up, and then I was like, oh, well, now I'm doubly alone. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, oh, uh, we going in. Yeah, no, I feel that. And I'm, I, I mean, that. I'm never going to say that that's not true. As someone who, like, definitely, I moved here, like, you know, doing stand-up and stuff like that. And in the alt scene, especially, I did feel personally like I was giving up a lot of my blackness to fit in mm-hmm. with, like, white stand-up comedians. So I think, yeah, you're 100% correct in, like, that, like, in somewhere like New York, you could be black anywhere, and, like, mm. all those people are everywhere in the city versus here in L.A., if you're not in a certain area, right. you're yeah. probably the only black person yeah. around, which is insane, because yeah. there's black people in this city. Yeah. But that's just the way there's that a, it is You out know here. what's funny? There is. And I didn't start I meeting them until I got into the comedy scene out here. That's yeah. crazy, which is insane. I'm in the comedy. <laughs> and you're I mean, like, where them niggas at? Yeah, well, <laughs> South, to, South be, of the 10. to be honest with <laughs> you, though, because I've been in writer's rooms, I'm yeah. not going to lie and say that I've been out on the grind looking for stand-up comedians, black right. ones, like, yeah. super hard. I haven't had the luxury of time. And I haven't really been on the stand-up comedy scene out here. But it is, like, it did fuck with me to move out here. And, like, I would be in the car. I moved <laughs> I moved to Silver Lake when I got here. Oh, because, mercy. Yeah, you did it all wrong. Yeah, somebody, I was like, because somebody told me, like, the closest <laughs> to Brooklyn in L.A. is Silver Lake. And then I was like, oh, they meant Williamsburg, Williamsburg not yes. my Brooklyn. Yes. So I got out there, and then I was working in North Hollywood, like, Studio City. So it was white people where I lived, and it was white people at work. And I would be lucky if I got a black Lyft driver. Mm. And then... Um, I started working on the West Side, definitely saw more black people and moved to Central Hollywood and like see more black people, but it's still not in my sphere. Fortunately, I was writing on a black show with a like black staff, so I got my fill of like black people. It was very good, but this place is very isolating. And so yeah. then when you see someone else like you and they out here telling people why they won't date black girls, you kind of just like, I It's hard. 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know what you know what's what often is a problem too out here at least where like especially in the shit we do like the shit we do makes us so isolated mm-hmm. to the point where like, to get everywhere is so fucking far away yeah. mm-hmm. and our whereas like if we was just you know in south in in south central LA like we would be around black people all the all time, time right all time yeah but because we're in the entertainment industry and we got to be in Santa Monica yeah. one day Burbank the next day Hollywood the next day and it's just like Yo, man, that's well, five hours of my life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how to drive. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, this is from me lifting right, everywhere. Right. I it's expensive, too. Yeah, like, so I got here and I cut off all my hair because I was doing crochet braids. I could, I didn't have the time to find and research people who know how to do it. But I do remember what really contributed was I was staying in Echo Park and I uh, took a lift all the way to like Baldwin Hills 
to go to a beauty supply store. Mm. It, t- it from cost- where? From Echo Park. Food Lord. So it cost me forty bucks, <laughs> and I didn't Christ. even see the shit that I wanted out there. Right. And it was just like so vexing that I was like, "All right, let me go cut the shit off." Because yeah. it's like, you know. Anyway, I feel that. Well, first of all, before we get too far, well, we, I we haven't, haven't even said her. Yeah, name. I was gonna say we haven't said your name yet. Oh, that's okay. what exactly what I was gonna yeah. say. I thought too much. I'm no, 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 that's on us. That's, that's on, on us. us. That's on us. But I was trying to say like I started following you from that, but then I just was like, she's fucking funny, and I would just <laughs> kept reading your shit. And uh, uh, it's Ray Sonny, everybody. Uh, Writer on The President Show, writer on uh, The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, two shows that I really, really fuck with. That uh, One that I, I went into knowing I would fuck with. But The Good Place, I was like, let me see what this is about. And I was like, oh, I actually really <laughs> fuck with this too. But like, uh, it's very dope to have you on. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Uh, oh, yeah. But you're... I, I want you to know that I think that you dunking on people is very funny on Twitter. Oh, I gotta stop. Even when I'm the target. And like, you've hit me a couple of times where you're just like, black niggas in LA don't know how to dress. No. Like, yeah, she got me, bro. I this said thing. men. Yeah. I said men. I said men. Yeah. But I was talking about black dudes, but I said men. <laughs> oh, man. But no, yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's it's dope to like see somebody on Twitter and be like, this person's very funny and then have a chance to interact with them oh, in person. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, yeah I Try to be myself on Twitter. It's gotten me in some trouble though. So I think that's okay. Though. That's okay. Yeah, we've all. I mean, every single person here has gotten in trouble. On Twitter, <laughs> okay, good. except for Sophie. So I Sophie just tweet. tweets through our, she's our Insta- our Twitter <laughs> yeah. account. Oh, okay, gotcha, uh, gotcha. <laughs> and it's just about Kobe shit. Yeah, and then, uh, and and then, then we began in trouble. And then niggas be coming to us like, oh, wow. y'all gonna support that raping motherfucker? And we're like, and we like, uh, come on, know, Sophie. Come on. <laughs> Conversation on the West Coast yet? I've been avoiding it. No, I have not asked nobody in person how we reconciling that legacy. Right. Listen, I don't want them problems. Listen, you don't want them problems. I'm not you either. Them problems. I'm not a Laker fan. I'm I'm a, I'm Jordan all the way. So listen, hey, man, that's can... not a better nigga, bro. Yeah, I, know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, that's not a better nigga. I mean, listen, <laughs> he hates black look, folks. Hey, listen, on the scale, I just want to say, on the scale, he might be an idiot. But my fave, J.R. Smith, one Earl Smith the third. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. he's not giving you rape problems. No. And he's not giving you calling the 19-year-old you drafted number one gay slurs problem. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Maybe got your daddy killed over a gambling debt problem. I mean, listen. Oh, J.R. Smith is a listen. dummy. Did I say that? I didn't say that. You said it. Listen. Oh, Ray, out you're out here talking true. You're out here no, talking no, true. I'm just repeating rumors. Allegedly. Allegedly. Listen. <laughs> Dunk on LeBron real quick. <laughs> we can't even. We can't even dunk on LeBron. But Jr. But Jr. I what do think that. What are you gonna that, say? Yeah. Oh man. That's what I say. We can't dunk on you LeBron. Started that school. <laughs> yes. It is astonishing because he's been famous since he's like 13, and he hasn't fucked up. Fucked it's coming. Up. It's coming. No, I, I know it's coming. it's coming. I think he might just be one of the what good ones. What are you ones. gonna say? We said that about Cosby. <laughs> oh no 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 no. no. Time out. I we never didn't. said that about we Cosby. Didn't. I'm talking about in the 80s and shit. Okay. We forget Cosby was around for about 45 years yeah. in 1984. Yeah, I, it's really crazy. Like, I remember hearing about Andrea Constant in like 2004. Yeah. And hearing that he gave her Benadryl, whatever. And then I remember in 2010, like, he was doing Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was an open mic comedian at the time. And it was like a bunch of dudes, like open mic comedians, just like, Cosby's our hero. And I remember I was dating this dude. And I was like, you know he'd be raping shorties, right? 
And he was like, what are you talking about? I've never heard that. Whatever. They all still went to see Carnegie Hall. I heard it was an amazing show. Mm -hmm. And then dude quit comedy. I didn't talk to him in a long time. And then that shit with the Hannibal video going viral came out. And he hit me up. We hadn't talked in like five years. And he was like, you were right the whole time. Damn. Yeah. Damn. I mean, that's how it is, though. That's, that's how, how it is, is, man. And I think, but I think that the Cosby thing, and I've talked about this on Behind the Bastards, is proof of like what happens when we elevate those kind of, like when we elevate mm -hmm. anybody, is that we're just setting ourselves up to disappoint. Like, I think that that's what's so dangerous about being like, that person's a good one or that. Like, you know, like, I used to think the Golden Globes, and I'm transitioning to our next topic, but I thought that the Golden Globes was like, I like this, it's the anti-Oscars. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's the one that they give awards to the shows that are the movies that, like, you know, no one else is talking about and all that. And I set it up on this pedestal, and last night it disappointed me. Why? Because all the old people won? All the old people won, and then they gave an award to Bohemian Rhapsody and, and Green Book, to which somebody tweeted, those are the best movies of the year if you ask the people who don't live in the communities that they represent. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's so fucking true. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think there's a gay person in the world that looked at Bohemian Rhapsody and saw themselves. A lot of people and, were mad about and it. And I don't think there's a black person in the world that watched Green Book and was just like, yep, this is I my haven't, life. I haven't oh, watched Green Book. His face is just like, oh, they got me up here for this. For <laughs> <laughs> baby. Poor baby. Yeah, man. But it's trash. I mean, it, I don't know. I, yeah. I think that that... Picking those two movies showed to me how out of touch this shit can be. Sometimes. I haven't look. I haven't seen Green Book. Is it a comedy? No. It's okay. like it's I, like a heartfelt because it's from Peter Farrelly, who we all know is a comedian, famously for uh, putting coming Cameron Diaz's hair. I have a question. So, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen? He, wanted, did it, he did it himself. He did it himself, bro. He's like, hey, yo, no, hey, yo, get away, PA. I want to do this. Have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody? No, come on, man. You know I got that shit. I got money that I got to save. But that one drama, no. Yeah, it won Dan drama, was, which Dan it, was saying, what? It like, shouldn't be. Was, Dan was saying earlier, like, it won drama, and I was like, I guess. It should be a musical. <laughs> that's what Dan said. No, 100% should have been a musical. But that's how the that's how they play the game. It's the thing they did with Get Out last year. You put your shit in the category you think it can win it. Yeah. Um, The thing about Green Book, I'll say, is Green Book came out three years too late. Yeah. We're too woke online now mm -hmm. yeah. for there to be um a, a uh, racism story where the guy's just good but misunderstood. Yeah. And then you just, you know, um, that just won't fly these days. Yeah. It it's not fly. complex. You already won. You can't do yeah. a like a retrogressive right. kind of thing. Yeah. And if we really being real, look, I haven't seen it, but I, you know, like Driving Miss Daisy came out about 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've seen, and we've like seen we've seen this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's. So I had no, I have no interest in seeing Green Book. I'll go watch it. I won't go watch it. I'll, you know, Netflix. If it's on the airplane, yeah. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> not, on the airplane. I'm gonna take a flight in a couple no, months just so I can watch Green Book in the fucking tight ass seat. I'm not watching Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna watch? I wanna your... watch something that make me feel free. You know what I mean? Like something okay. that makes me feel like I got. What's your airplane room. movies? What's your airplane movies? Then? Well, what's the last watched... movie you saw on an airplane? Oh, so Cause I you just, just was on the flight. I was just on the flight to L. A. I watched Flight of the Concords, their oh. special that came out. Oh, was yeah. it good? Um, I enjoyed it. I feel nostalgia for them. I've, yeah. I've been in love with them since I was a kid. Business Socks is one of my favorite yes! comedy, oh my <laughs> comedy and, songs of all time. And uh, I don't know, Jermaine Clement got lips like a black dude, so I'll be, <laughs> be watching. I'll be watching you I'll be watching Jermaine. I'll be watching. <laughs> and he's been in two movies now where he dates a black woman, right? 
Because there's that one movie where he's raising black kids. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh, good. Well, no, well, you know, I just I gave don't, you something. Don't give me no I just gave you something. Movies. Hey, bro, but that's <laughs> what he's doing. We in Trump era now. I can't try it. Hey, man, I'm just letting you know. Jermaine Clement out here dating black. There's a movie where he raises two black girls. Oh. What's the name of this movie? Oh, I'll go. I'll find it right now. I know what I need to block on all platforms. <laughs> What's the name of this? I, I do not need to be offering my body to New Zealanders. <laughs> New Zealanders? <laughs> They're not going to all have pillowy lips like Drake. I mean, listen, they might. <laughs> who, who else we know from New Zealand? That's uh, it. That's it. Well, I watched Lord? The Real Housewives of yes. Auckland, and it was racist, like openly. So oh, I bet. There was, um, so I watched every Real Housewives. Um, but Man, So I lot. watched this season. Uh, that They only did one season because there was a woman who looked like Nicole Kidman on there. And there was only one black woman on the show, and she was best friends with a Persian woman, I believe. And the ba- black woman and the Persian woman, like, the Persian woman was holding onto the black woman to get onto a yacht or something. And the white woman who looks like Nicole Kidman goes, oh, come on, don't treat her like your boat, nigga. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was hard. It's Ooh. a people, people, places, things. But he not oh, he's not raising old. black daughters. He's just dating Regina Hall in the movie. <laughs> oh, I like Regina Hall. Yeah, yeah. Put All yourself right. put yourself out there. So yeah, there was the uh That is insane. And that I bet you that aired without <laughs> censorship. Oh, oh yeah. Probably, but the thing that was astonishing and I felt very triggered by it, yeah. triggered, was like the the white woman was like upset that her apology wasn't like accepted right away <laughs> and then it, ve- it began to feel like the rest of the cast was like over her being offended at being called a boat nigger and actually she goes on one on one dinner to resolve the issue with the white woman and she was like i i can't believe that you called me a house nigger and then she goes i didn't say house nigger i said boat nigger and i was like oh god you know how much of a nigger you gotta be to be on the boat <laughs> Shit, so, we got field niggas, we got house niggas, and we got boat niggas. I love my terrible <laughs> accent, but like, I was like, oh, y'all can't bring this back, yeah. so they never yeah. brought it back now. That's insane. I we, We're getting so far away from the <laughs> well, oh, I'm trying to think, though, where is a boat nigger in the hierarchy, though? Because what kind of boat are we I, talking? I mean, like, are we talking like rowboat or yacht? No, we talking yacht niggas. All right, you know? all right these are yacht right, niggas. Right. <laughs> it was like it was like, oh, if you're like, oh no, this is not nice. I was okay. <laughs> Think um, uh, Sam Jackson in Django. If mm-hmm. this, if Candy, yeah, was you know sailing the world. Yeah, he'd bring Sam Jackson with him. Yeah, but yeah. he wouldn't bring uh, 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 Django's wife. With no, him. no, no. All right, I'm with you. I understand. I feel that. that. I, I feel that. All right, Golden Globes happened. I did not watch them. I'm going to be real. Of course. I didn't either. Uh, I begged everybody on Twitter. I was like, can somebody did. watch with me? Nobody wanted to watch. I texted I everybody. It. You didn't you, text me? I'm sorry, Sophie. I didn't know. <laughs> I watched it. I watched all of it. Let's I watched see. all of it, too. You know what? I would have watched it with you if it didn't come on 32 minutes after the fucking Bears lost. I mean, that's true. <laughs> I went into at least an hour and a half depression yesterday. Oh, <laughs> so I was like. Fuck it. I'm not doing anything Look, for the rest I, of the night. I have no sympathy for you, bro, because you out there dunking on the Baltimore Ravens before, bro. You out there dunking on them being like, yeah, Lamar Jackson ain't got it. He ain't got it. And I'm like, all right, Jaquise, you, you talk like you don't got a game next. <laughs> I know. I know. And then literally your, your kicker. 
just I've never seen that in my life. Nigga, Did I, you watch the game at all? You uh, watch football? I haven't watched football all season. That's I'm very good. proud of it, That's but good. it's not because I tried. It's like <laughs> it's because I just don't know where to watch TV to watch football. That's I got fair. You. That's fair. I you weren't you. protesting. You weren't being no, like I would love to see Cam Newton every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but I just right, well, you know, don't have Cam a Cam gonna be here next Sunday. Cam Newton? No, he won't. <laughs> I don't mean to get your hopes up. Do you know? Right. Like, I got hella excited. You got hella excited. Yeah. That's why I immediately had to back off because I felt do you, bad. Do you know how fine he is? Like, he had me out here defending him. I'm like, well, you know, like, it just, in his world, women don't ask questions about routes. <laughs> Be generous to Cammy. <laughs> He apologized. Do you like sleep. his? Uh, do you like his auntie look? Do you like when he looks like an yes, auntie? Yes, I love his silly ass hats. I love everything I love about it. it. You can make me love anything if you that big and you that strong. I'm you. you got that smile. I'd be like, oh, look at them neon green teeth. You look great. <laughs> you can make me love anything, y'all. Yeah. Uh, so you didn't watch the Golden Globes? No, so, all I right. didn't. It's I always uh, from a writer's perspective, because mm-hmm. you're in a couple of writers' rooms. Uh, is the Golden Globes kind of that show, or even just award shows, because it is, we just glorify the people who are in front of the camera, mm-hmm. right? So I always wonder what it's like as a writer to like watch the show and be like, oh man, we are the ones crafting this show, and everybody is working hard. I'm an actor, so I can talk shit about actors. <laughs> Everybody's working hard, actors, crew, writers, everything, but... The people who get known are the, you know, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the Terry sure. Crews of the world. Sure, sure. And not like the Carl Tars who are in the writer's mm-hmm. room. How is that watching award shows like as a writer? Well, um, I'll say this. Uh, <laughs> I can't do what they do. I mm-hmm. could never. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that if you're that good looking, you should be rewarded. <laughs> for, because I'm not taking my ugly ass in a gown to no Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give it to them. Um, mm-hmm. I really, but truly, I I cannot do what they do. Um, I like being in a writer's room and I like being a stand-up because I get to be myself. But I don't, I can't convincingly embody somebody else's writing and I can't, you know, do it professionally or unprofessionally as some people do, but I couldn't do it, so I'm not greedy about it. It doesn't bother me at all. If I That's wanted cool. to be on camera, I could be. Now, are any of those statues, like, you know, on your wish list? Or not wish list, but I should say your target list because it's totally accomplishable for you. Like, I think it's only a wish if it's something impossible. Mm. But, like, is that something that you ever think about? Oh, like, do you ever? Um, you know, everybody dreams about being honored or whatever. And it's bizarre because, like, it, I'm in this weird space where it's like, it's it could be possible, mm-hmm. but I also don't trust this job or you know life I'm living right now. It feels mm-hmm. like I'm in a dream, mm-hmm. so like I don't want to lean in on the possibility. I kind of still want to get to imagine and pretend I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. Well, I had another question for you, but I'll ask it to you. All right, we back. Still here with Ray Sonny. Out here dropping dimes. Out here taking shots. Taking a lot of shots, Ray. Yeah, listen. Taking- <laughs> I, want y'all, I want y'all to know, after she said her Michael Jordan shit, I actually left the room for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what you heard was an edited piece together. <laughs> um, but uh, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Robinson, she uh, writes over on at, uh, Atlanta, and she wrote a really interesting piece about how she at times feels like the only thing 
sometimes studios want from her are black stories, and mm-hmm. like they only want her to write black things. And she, of course, she loves writing all those kinds of things, but she does hope that one day she could just be like, hey, I have this interesting idea for a story, but it doesn't have to be attached to the struggle or anything like that. Do you sometimes feel that pressure as a writer that people only expect, like, you know, black Mm. girl magic type stories from you or anything like that? (laughs) Um, I'm a stand-up, so I've gotten to tell my story already. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not anxious about the approval of my individual story from um, the powers that be because I haven't tried to, you know, package it in a way that they have to approve. I say whatever I want on stage. So it's that's not exactly my struggle. I think, you know, I get anxious about uh, the expectation that... um, How do I phrase this? I I worry that in an overcorrection of, um, you know, not wanting to have people demand black struggle stories, we ignore black struggle stories and sort of act like that experience is one that shouldn't be lifted up or that it's diminished or whatever. Mm. Like this idea that we can't tell the story of struggle because you're tired of seeing black people on screen struggling. But I don't think that the rejection of the truth is the way to correct that problem. Mm. Um, I agree with that. I, I just, you know, I just want to do my own thing. Like, you know, I was thinking (laughs) everybody tries to write the pilot about themselves and I had such a hard time trying to get it exactly right that I had to break up with it. I'm going to take a year away from it. Because um, you get so anxious about the representation of your struggle correctly and how that reflects on everything else. And you want to get the intersectional feminism in there. But also, like, I want to write me who fucks. Like, (laughs) I just want to. And I want to not have people worry about where the condom is when I'm fucking on my show and so nice Issa Rae, nice Issa Rae yeah, uh, and uh, so, reference there. And so it's just like, I don't know. I hate that there there's an anxiety about being yourself or writing the story you want to write. And I don't have a, an answer or a solution. I'm just going to try and do my thing and stand up and tell my story has worked thus far. So hopefully it works in a different capacity. I mean, you know what's crazy about what you just said, which it, like is a way I haven't ever really thought about it because – you know, even writers, actors, you all say, especially if you're of color, oh, man, I don't want to just be a black actor. I want to be an actor, right? What's wrong with being and, a black actor? And here's I the thing, no right? There's nothing wrong with it because everybody who doesn't look like us just gets to keep retelling their fucking stories 100%. over and over and over. Yeah. 100%. So why can't we? And why can't we just be, yeah, this is who I am. Right. And I, if, a, if you've seen this before... Great, you haven't seen it from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like white people have the luxury of individuality, and um, you know, there's the do, the thing I do get anxious about is I worry somebody's gonna ask me why I haven't written something like Issa Rae has written or something right. that you know Donald Glover has written. Right, and I love that they are sort of expanding. Uh, people's vocabulary about black art, but I don't like how this industry trends one or the other rather than accepting this like spectrum of black people and blackness. Cause we all know from growing up it that you are not the same as the person sitting next to you. And it's frustrating to watch people with power, like keep greenlighting a thing like green book. Mm -hmm. Um, as if there aren't other stories, but that's not to say that a story written by a person of color 
who had a Green Book-esque story shouldn't be made. Exactly. It's just frustrating that the white gay sort of dictates what kind of storytelling we're able to do with money back behind it. They can't multitask. No. Like, it, it's insane. Like, it, yeah. I think that's what the whole diversity struggle is, is, like, they're just like, oh, okay. And you see it even with, like, writers' rooms, right? Like, they're just like, we'll take one person of color of mm-hmm. this, and then we're good. Like, you like, and they're like... <laughs> Well, why can't you take like you know a person of color, and then maybe like a woman of color, and then maybe like this? And they're like, no, 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 we just need to fill one slot, and it's like it's so hard for them to multitask. But also, even just there's all these racial politics and gender politics mm-hmm. in who the person of color gets to be, mm. right? Because then we have a conversation about how black men manage to be more visible than other types of black people Absolutely. in those spaces, or how seamlessly a a person of a different ethnicity, maybe South Asian, might mm-hmm. fit in than, you know, someone Latina or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these things that if we had to break it down for white folk, like explaining why even you hiring that black man ignores these very many marginalized, marginalized identities is, like, yeah. complicated. So It'd make their heads explode. It'd make their heads explode. Yeah. yeah. That's why there shouldn't only be one. Right. But. Uh, this is a weird transition, but I feel like we, <clears throat> I definitely want to talk about this because I think it's a good story uh, that just came out today, at least while we're recording. Uh, I want to, I don't want to say her name incorrectly. Is this Centoya? Mm-hmm. Centoya Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know the story, 14, 15 years ago now, mm-hmm. she was 16. Uh, basically was in sex trafficking like she and she killed a man mm-hmm. at the age of 16 who bought her as a prostitute um and she's been in jail ever since and originally she got sentenced to what 51 52 some crazy fucking amount it was life it was basically life and yeah I, and if i remember correctly she they there was some kind of ruling that a a, a team of judges did i could be wrong we should look this up. But um, <laughs> Shorty, uh, they said that she would have to serve 51 years before she could Before she even got parole. parole. Yes, that's right. That's what it was. And so she was granted clemency. She was granted clemency today. Uh, I think, you know, we, we get on social media a lot, especially on this show. But this is, this is the type of shit where the power of social media or the power of just us saying we're not going to let this story go away probably helped. This uh, this girl said it, the judge in this case say yeah I'm gonna actually grant clemency because this is a big story and even if it's whack that he only probably granted it because it was a story like I'm okay with that yeah. <laughs> like I'm okay with if that's the reason why if better justice can be served I mean I think I mean and I think it was the governor yeah, that granted the governor clemency. but yeah yes. but you're 100 percent right that it came from calls from people on social media and I think like this is an, a, a rare and I'm sorry to be shitting on social media, but this is a rare example of social the power of social media being used properly. Mm. Uh, like, you know, like, this is something that people haven't stopped talking about, right? Like, you know, uh, I do think, like, the whole names, changing your name thing on Twitter is, like, kind of lame sometimes. But this is something that I saw, like, most of the people that I follow had their names on Twitter changed to, like, Free Centodia mm. Brown and stuff like that. Like, so, like, yeah, like you said, it's, it was something that you couldn't escape. Yeah. And I think that, like, you know, this is another example of how we need to be holding people in power accountable through the use of social media. Uh, Because, you know, I don't know if this would have been something that we could have done 10, 15 years ago. 
without a tool like Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But we also see the bad things of this thing with power. But I think this is a good right, thing. right, right. This is a good instance. One thing that I, I mean, I have cousins who are in jail for weed, mm-hmm. like and have been for years. Mm-hmm. And it's just like well, you know. And yeah, this is something that, and you know, I just keep hoping. Like when you hear stories like this, it gives you hope. Like, all right, yeah, like um, maybe. I yeah, but then you know, it's sort of like I get anxious because, um, and I felt this when there was clemency granted for, um, gosh, I can't remember her name that now. The mom who had gone to jail for like drug stuff and Kim Kardashian. Oh yeah, Alice Kim- Johnson. Alice Johnson. There mm-hmm. we go. I felt this way about it where. You know, people would um, use the exceptional cases to prove a rule that doesn't exist. Facts. Which is, mm. you know, Trump will say, oh, I'm not racist. I freed Alice Johnson. Or Governor right. Haslam will say, I'm not racist. I reconsidered Centoya. And I'm very, very glad for these two women. But I'm worried that the focus on these bigger cases yeah. sort of um, undermines any sort of real, like, policy changes that act- activists are, like, working on actually every day. So I just hope that it keeps us like interested in you know the um the work that everyone's doing, and Absolutely. I'm very very glad and happy for these two women. But yeah, also you know because you don't want to be mopping the floor while the water's still running. Yeah, exactly. Uh, totally. And, and I that's think such that, a good uh, analogy. I think that that's like a lot of what can happen sometimes. It's yeah. like we get this win and then we go, all right, the work is done, right? And it's and not, not even it, close. It's not even close to being done. But yeah, one hundred percent. Like she shouldn't have been in this Position. in the first place. Yeah, I was thinking about that, you know, the and you know, with that whole R. Kelly documentary stuff too. I haven't watched it yet though. But um I was thinking about, you know, how vulnerable certain women are. And I like read somewhere that a lot of times um young women who don't have parents or, you know, have a tough situation at home are especially vulnerable and that's how they get um trafficked and such. And I remember, like, walking down the street. I might have been, like, 13 or something. I remember walking down the street, and this, like, black, this very nice black car pulls up. And a pretty woman um, stops me, like, waves me over. And I'm 13 and silly, and I thought they were asking for directions. And this woman's like, you're very beautiful. Um, Have you ever thought about dancing? And I read about how that is a lure. You tell them they mm-hmm. can make money as strippers, and then suddenly you're pimping them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like just the f- pure luck that I was like this scared of sex or dancing or anything Muslim girl with strict Nigerian parents. Like if not for those things combined, and even with those things, I very well could have stupidly been like, yeah, I do want to dance. And, you know, I guess what alarmed me so much about Centoya Brown is, like, how vulnerable a person like her is. And then the things you have to do to survive, you're penalized for. And, uh, yeah, it just really kind of got to me. So I'm hoping that, you know, she finds peace and that her life is not too destroyed by everything she's been through. Uh, I don't want to, like, overpraise this show, but I think a show that, like, discussed this kind of an issue a lot, and I don't think got a lot of praise for it, was uh, White uh, White Snacks Problem Areas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone ever watched that on HBO. My friend's right on that. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a very good show, and I think that one of the things I really liked about it is that it talks a lot about environmental risk factors. Yeah. 
which is something that we never really consider in these conversations. I think, like, you know, we usually look at it as, like, rapist and the person who raped. Right. Or murderer and the person who murdered. Drug users and the drug. But we don't talk about the environmental risk factors that can lead to so many of that stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so much of it is, like you're saying, it's more than just that person in the car and that little girl. It's, like, what what area is that in? Mm-hmm. How much education to uh, how much access to education do the people in that area mm-hmm. have? How much access to police officers do the people yeah. in that area have? There's all these other factors that are at play here that leads to that person falling into yeah. it that we don't necessarily attack and or consider, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I really push for everyone to watch that show. It like really offers a lot of interesting takes on some of the things that we can do to instead of just attacking, like, you know, great, Kevin Spacey, uh, like, you know, we can get rid of him. R. Kelly, we can get rid of him. Harvey Weinstein, we can get rid of him. But are we getting rid of the environmental right. risk factors that lead to these kinds yeah. of things? Mm-hmm. And are we getting rid of the non-celebrities? Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. who are also doing the this. pastors, the uncles, the, pastors, the, cousins, the uncles, yeah. The stepbrothers, like, the brother. Yeah. And and I know I know the conversation is I, I wanna I don't wanna say the conversation is shifting. It is shifting. Uh but I don't so much think the conversation is shifting to the point where now we're just listening more hmm. uh, because uh, black women have been saying this shit for years. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is not like, you know, it's 2019. I'm finally going to say this. Right. Uh, and I've been saying it for a while. It's like, we're finally starting to listen. Women mm-hmm. have been saying this for a while. People of color have been saying this type of stuff for a while. All the things that we are in this new time that we live in are fucking fighting for and talking about. It. And uh, it's on the forefront of everybody's social media. This isn't new. Right. Uh, so. I do think, though, that um, uh, popular culture and art changed the culture in real yeah. large. And, you know, people needed to see Will and Grace before they were comfortable with gay people sucked, but they needed it. And if it means that we need to see Harvey Weinstein and R. Kelly yeah. go down yeah. before somebody says, my uncle did that. And I didn't like that either. Right. If that's what it takes to give people the courage to do something, I'm, I'm good with taking that a celebrity. They yeah, did it. Yeah, yeah. So. 100%. And it feels like a very, like, violent start to, like, a necessary change. Yeah. I mean, like, there's so many. Like, I think besides my parents, I learned toxic relationships from watching Baby Boy with my brother, like, a gajillion yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Like. So if if I can admit that that kind of conditioning happened to me in the negative, I can also admit that sometimes I've seen some shit women gone through and been like, all right, I'm going to learn from her. And so if that means we got to wipe R. Kelly out before we get to the dude on the corner, well, I hope we get to the dude on the corner, but I'm good with R. Kelly going to. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Did you watch that documentary? No. I haven't watched it either. Uh, I haven't got the stomach. I seen, like, all... Of the tweets, and I even had to mute that. Like, it yeah. was a lot. It's, it's a it, lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot just because people, every all the takes, or just to. No, it's think a lot because it. I felt the same way when the Me Too movement first started, and I actually got into a thing with somebody. I think that awareness is important, but um, I don't know the value of tearing out your soul to perform pain for other people to finally get it, which isn't to say that it's not cathartic, but it was hard for me to watch all these people talk about their rapes because I got my own and I wasn't out here planning to open the internet 
and be bombarded with your rape stories, which isn't to say don't tell them. Mm -hmm. um, but I just have a hard time with that because there wasn't stuff that I had finished processing. And I don't think I'm ready for six hours of that. Is that how long that shit is? Six hours? I think so. I think so. I think it's very. It's in like in parts, right? Like, like, I think it's a a very similar to uh, the OJ Made in America. Gotcha. Um, Why do you think we struggle so hard with people learning at their own pace and going through things at their own pace? Because I think that that's like kind of what I'm hearing from you with this is like you deserve the opportunity to like. Yes, this is great. This is great for you, but I'm not there yet. And like sometimes I feel like you know you're saying that someone maybe came at you or whatever Mm -hmm. like that, but like. That's something that I've kind of I know I struggled with. Like I remember when I was going through my, uh, uh, and I hate using this term, but I'm going to use it because that's kind of what was happening. Like my woke phase, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was like reading all these things. Like I discovered James Baldwin and, and Stokely Carmichael, <laughs> Isn't and I was that like, "How it starts with yeah. James Baldwin essay." Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "Ooh!" <laughs> I but have then, a tattoo on my back. Yeah, I have know? a tattoo on my arm. So like, <laughs> like oh, so God. like, uh, <laughs> so oh, like, God. but like. My roommates weren't there yet, and mm-hmm. I would fucking go at them all the time and, like, call them, like, you know, Uncle Tom's and all this stuff. But that was – now thinking back on it, that was, like, so unfair because they needed to go on their own journey. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, why do you think we have such a hard time with, like, letting people learn at their own pace? I <laughs> – that's an interesting question. I think it depends on the time we're talking about. Mm. I think in this post-Trump era, like – Post-2015, mm. um, there's such a feeling of being unbalanced and out of control that we, like, try to seize power over power wherever we can find it. Dang. And so that is, again, an overcorrection because of Trump. And I feel like people are like, we don't have the luxury of you needing time to get there. Yeah. Things are crazy. Yeah. And it's like, I. Right, but if I get here and I'm not prepared, we going to still have a problem. Absolutely. Right? So Absolutely. let me, you know, go on this on this walk. And, um, you know, I remember a friend of mine, comedian, he, uh, he asked me if I thought Amy Schumer's uh, recent sort of activism was uh, fake. And I was like, to be honest, I don't care. Yeah. Because if she's trying to get there, let her get there. I can't rail on you for not getting it. And then when you try to get it, get mad at you for not getting it enough. Yeah. Get it. You taking steps. You promised me change. I'm going to let you change. Mm. What's the the harm she can do by showing up, even if it's half-assed? Somebody else is going to show up because they saw her there. That's true. And um, I just, you know, I'm not going to say you weren't born woke. I probably saw a tweet teaching me the right thing to say two seconds before I saw your tweet with the fucked up thing, I'm going to jump on you and drag <laughs> right, you for it. Right. That's ridiculous. That's that shit true. happens a lot, man, where you be like, man, you ain't know about this shit. Yeah, you nah, just you ain't know about it. And and like, nigga, you found out two weeks exactly. ago. Exactly. <laughs> you just went to Urban Dictionary to right. find out what that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Up, I be know? hating that shit, man. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a compliment that I want to bestow on you, but I'll do that. Compliment time. After the break. So we back. Uh, the compliment that I wanted to bestow on you is it is so refreshing to hear your New York accent and like how <laughs> much you let it flow. Because I've lost mine. It's gone. It's no, never it's coming gone. back. I still uh, got my Chicago accent, yo. <laughs> 
then uh, please stop the, that and never do that again. <laughs> in the writer's room at Rel, because I just came out of that writer's room, yeah. there were so many Chicago dudes. It was like fucking such an exercise in <laughs> yes. Midwest niggas, because I don't know. Like, Midwest yeah. niggas is a different it's type a of niggas. different breed, because it's like, y'all a country, but still big city niggas. Yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. It was like, I get that all the time, like man. There's like this arrogance that's like very uniquely black American, very Southern, that you guys mm-hmm. wear in a Northern way. It was very... Uh, very interesting. I loved it. I every time when uh, people are like, "Where you from?" Like even black people were like out here, "Where you from?" And I say Chicago. I was like, "Nigga, I thought you was from Mississippi or some shit." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. But it's it, so weird. I love it. Um. Well, so what happened was, um, you know, I got really precious about it. Like, you know, I don't know how to drive, and I was like, you know, gonna not learn. Yeah. But I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna do driver's ed like a dummy. But, um, <laughs> but. What happened was I didn't have much of a, a I didn't have a black New York accent because I went to predominantly white schools from seventh grade on, so I would have like a, a Jewish New York accent on certain words. <laughs> um, and then I went to Princeton and tried to get rid of the accent so I could fit in. <laughs> that would not Princeton. Help. Oh shit! No, are you our first Ivy League? No, 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 no. You our first Ivy League guest? I didn't finish. I didn't finish. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. I didn't go Go ahead. I didn't finish. Go uh, ahead. I didn't finish. <laughs> now go Michelle finish. Obama hates it as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't finish. I'm a dropout. Um, hey, shout out. Yeah. Dropouts for life, baby. And uh, But so, like, when I went back to New York, um, I specifically curated my life to be around people who sound a certain way, are honest a certain way. My sister and my brother, they're in New York through and through, like, all my friends, my closest homegirl in comedy right now, this girl, Carrie Cadet, she's a Brooklyn bitch, like, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really remember New York before 9-11 because it changed so fast mm. and so much right after in terms of, they sort of used the excuse to rebuild the economy of New York City to, like, wipe out the black folk. Mm-hmm. Um, but It's crazy. Yeah, it, like, and I was I've really sad. I've never heard that story before. Well, it's not, like, it's just me. Maybe that's not true for everybody, but I, think I just true. know I think my true, pre- yeah. and post-9-11 was, like, my blackness line. Yeah. And, um, and I was already in private school by 9-11. My family kept me very black, which I'm very grateful for. But there was just a change in my environment that, mm. that was drastic starting after 9-11. And I was getting sad because I didn't remember, like, what New York looked like or whatever. And then um, my homegirl, Carrie, was like, girl, you don't remember running after the 9X truck to get cores to get rope for jump rope? And I'm like, oh, shit. Everything yep. flood- came flooded yep. back. She said, yep. 9X? That shit don't even exist no more. Yeah. And, like, core to get rope. And so it was just like that. And then you get memories and you mm-hmm. hear, like, how people used to sound. Like, somebody said jokes the other day, which mm-hmm. is, like, old school Harlem, Brooklyn slang, and it just feels nice to do that. Or I just listen yeah. to like pre blueprint Jay Z if I want to hear things mm-hmm. like thorough and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. shit like that. And, and, and I, I have a very similar thing with you because post 9 11 is when my mom kind of got the spook on New York and mm-hmm. then moved to Texas because she was very afraid that another attack was coming mm-hmm. and some other shit. But like, you know, so like it's like, yeah, when I run into people, they'll like tell stories and stuff like that. Like, ah, oh, I remember that. Like, I remember like, you know, quarter jugs and like yes you know, like, quarter waters yeah and then yeah. you just go in there you take the quarter you pop it you drink it and i, I mean, those love the motherfuckers they're yeah. terrible for you they are they're so, i mean pure sugar we're like, all nostalgic yeah. about processed foods that are yeah. gonna give us beaties yeah. later yeah you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. yeah. Or like wise chips yeah, and all that like exactly. all the shit that like i'm like man i completely because i like i told you i went back there to work on that show and i'm like seeing all this stuff and i was like man i used to really be about this life that i can't 
even bring out of me anymore. Oh, and it can know. be very sad. I'm I'm a bean, bean sprouts ass bitch right now. Okay. And I, there's no, like, I didn't grow up in a food desert, like East New York, in the part of East New York that I grew up in, there was grocery stores and stuff. But yeah, there wasn't good grocery stores. No. I mean, there's so much about your childhood anywhere that you forget so much of the things you fell for are your parents' yeah. life hacks, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, you know what? I That just happened to me yesterday. Like I. For whatever reason, I hadn't made fried pork chops in years. Okay. And I was hungry. I got the I got the uh, bag of flour in my fridge, the seasoned bag of flour, because mm-hmm. I've just been making a whole bunch of fried chicken lately. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I got some pork chops. Let me make some fried pork chops. And the nigga poor right now, so I had fried pork <laughs> chops and a couple slices of bread. Mm-hmm. And then once it was done and I sat down, that smell came back, and I was like, Oh shit! I used to eat fried pork chop sandwiches mm-hmm. when I was a shorty, yeah. and I completely forgot See, about it. See, that's a Chicago yeah. thing. You call little boy shorty too. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Trips that is. Oh yeah, me out that because is, yeah. in New York, I think for the most part, people only refer to women as well, shorty. And so the only other man that I heard say shorty is and mean himself, dude? no, Buster Rhymes. Oh okay. And then outside of that, you Chicago dudes, I learned that this year, would just say shorty like about yourselves. It yeah. tripped me out. <laughs> yeah. Kanye, like... uh, the first time I ever heard it was on a Kanye West song and I was always confused because I was like, I don't think he's talking about a girl. girl yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, in New York, that's like, no. Nah. It's there, you're talking about yourself. Hey? No. You're like, yeah, when I was a shorty. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to me. I've never. I'm a shorty. You ain't a shorty. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a shorty, but I used to be a shorty. <laughs> call, you call young man like a shorty because a shorty could be a grown woman. Too. Right, that's right, true. right. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I didn't. But that, that was it, man. I, it made me happy as fuck. Yeah, I was just happy just like, as hell. You know, like it is crazy. Like what you know, it's nuts because I should like the neighborhoods in the city are improving as so long as they don't push people out or you know don't wipe out the culture but there's something bizarrely comforting about driving past east new york and knowing it's never gonna gentrify yeah. mm-hmm. like my old neighborhood looks exactly the same yeah mm-hmm. and um it might even gentrify because new york is getting so bad that people trying to buy out houses in brownsville and east new york which is blowing my mind but bad in terms of how much the gentrification is coming yeah because i remember hearing somewhere that uh, neighborhoods that are more than 45 minutes away from the central area don't get gentrified. But New York is so rapid with the shit that even 50 minutes, an hour away, is getting. And that's what I saw crazy. at my aunt's place. She lives in a housing project. And like, I, that's where I stayed when I was there. But yeah. everything around it was so bougie where I was just like, man, these niggas did not care. Like oh, they, which uh, neighborhood? She lives on 93rd in Amsterdam. Oh, uptown, uptown. Yeah. yeah, and every, but like, it's a house, like it's still a housing project. City still comes, cleans it up, and all that stuff. Very much so, still mm-hmm. that kind of a vibe. But everything around it is yeah, so totally gentrified totally. out. Like yeah, bougie ass coffee wild. shops and all that stuff. But, I mean, you know, I saw still a, shooting there, so I was like, hell yeah! I saw a, a clip on Twitter like right before I flew back in mm-hmm. December, and <laughs> it was a white girl dancing in front of the Margie Marcy Project sign. That's so wild. And I lost it. I was like, is this what I'm going home to? I mean, yeah, the neighborhood crazy. around Marcy Projects has changed a lot because it's like G-Train, a lot of Pratt kids, a lot of, you know, like Clinton Hill spillovers, yeah. Best Eye or whatever. But this, she's like blonde as she could be. Yeah. You and know, two-stepping in front of, like, do the shoot dance. They're not the afraid Marcy anymore, Projects. man. They're not afraid. <laughs> They yes. they want to go there. It's a mind fuck. That yeah. that old Dave Chappelle joke, like white people aren't afraid anymore. Yeah, they when he, he was, I walked up on a white person, was like, "Boo!" and like, "You don't scare me anymore, nigger." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
That's very funny. I like when I was back home. I went to my childhood block for the first time since I left it in '98. Wow. Uh, so and I in '98 I was like 12 or 13 or some shit like that. So mm-hmm. it's been a while. Mm-hmm. So not only did everything look so much smaller. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. I was like, God damn! It only took. 10 seconds to get from one end of the block to the next. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was a kid, man. That shit used to take like an hour, it felt yes. like. But everything just looks so small, but it's still very fucking black. Yeah. Uh, you ain't going to see a white person for about 40 square miles. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was insane because it was one of those areas, like you were saying about East New York, how you don't think it'll ever be gentrified. Mm-hmm. The flip side to that, though, is the area I grew up in. It probably won't be gentrified, but they also the city isn't also putting money oh, into the East neighborhood. Oh, New York is not getting no, yeah. anybody's yeah. attention. No, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't care. And it's falling the fuck apart. Oh yeah, and yeah, it yeah. made 100%. me sad. You're like this shit. Like damn, it's paint. really crazy to be an adult and see people openly tell you they don't give a fuck about you. Yeah, because yeah. you don't know it's that. When, when you're a kid, kid. you yeah. just think it's fun. You just yeah. think that oh, this is what my neighborhood is. Yeah, yeah. like okay, like. You know, it might be some glass over here. Yeah, right. The trash stays here for days. Like, no one comes picks it up. That's what it is. I mean, like, I. I, I shit you not, I'm not exaggerating. Every fucking night was gunshots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just like a nor- it was like whatever. Yeah. And you- it's crazy to me to think now like that was normal. That shouldn't be normal. No. <laughs> like that shouldn't be. And it didn't scare me. Uh, we would still be outside. Environmental risk factors, my god. It's crazy, dude. It's so fucking crazy. But now, let me hear one gunshot in Burbank. Oh, I'm raising hell. Nigga, I'm, nigga, I'm, I need I'm to going, get what? out of this lease. <laughs> right? Exactly. I heard a, a gunshot. Around yeah. <laughs> the corner. I will not. I will not be paying for rent for the next seven months. <laughs> you know what I found, which is really saddening to me, is the racism I didn't internalize and put on my childhood neighborhood, I'm doing in other cities. Yes. Oh, um, you know, yes. like, I, there are parts of D.C. where I won't go. Yeah. yeah. And there are parts yes. of L.A. that I haven't been to. Yes. I'm not excited to go. Yeah. You know? And but it's back not, home, it's back not a home, thing. And it's not a yes. thing. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm very mad at myself that that I has that. happened to me. I did that recently with D.C. when uh, I was going. And I was like, let me see how safe this neighborhood is. Yeah. <laughs> I did that in Chicago. I was like... Tell me where this pizza restaurant is right now, because I'm not going with you if it's in a certain kind of neighborhood, bro. No, I know what this like, city's about. It's really like swear to God. Um, when I went to New York for a month, I got an Airbnb for a week because then I could have time to find a sublet. Yeah. So I opened that message that they give you when it when you book, and it was what I could very clearly see was a white person telling a Midwestern white person about the neighborhood we were in in case they were scared. Like, it was Mm. very, like, (laughs) this neighborhood might not look that, but it's not dangerous. Sorry, the gentrification hasn't quite gotten here all the way. Come the fuck on. You might see a homeless person. You might da-da-da. And I was like, this is best I. Like, my parents are, like, not a 10-minute drive from here. Like, and... But I know that I would have looked for that tip yeah. if I was in <laughs> Yeah, you'd have been like, yeah. uh, what's and going I, on? How's I'm, the gentrification I'm here? very, yeah, I'm very bummed out about myself. I like mean, that. you know, it is. I do like my nice house, though. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel it. I live in Silver Lake, too. Listen, I feel it. I feel it. All right. I got a what you rather for you guys. This yes. is a new one. This is a new one besides the one last week. The last week was just for Carl. This is one for the rest of the month. 
until we get to our live show. Uh, all right, here we go. Would you rather? This is pretty tame, but I like it. We've been talking about traveling and shit, so let's do this. Would you rather be fluent in all languages and never be able to travel, or be able to travel anywhere for a year, but never be able to learn a word of a different language? Hmm. That's I'm taking the latter. I don't understand what. Uh, hold on, let me tell you. Because first okay. of all, it's just a year you're traveling, so after that year is over. Okay, yeah, hit me with the stipulations, because we always talk okay. about this. What are we the have... factors here? All we right. always talk about the factors. So, like, if you learn in all the languages, mm-hmm. you know them. You know them forever, for the rest of your life. I guess we also need to signify what's traveling. You can travel anywhere within the United States, but outside the United States, you can't go nowhere. After nowhere. that year. I only have one year to travel, and then my, my travel's done after that year. No, 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 no. The thing is, why does this shit keep going back to the top? You would be fluent in all languages, but never be able to travel. But what about the year? The other one. You would be able to travel anywhere for a year, but you could never learn a word of a different language. But after that year, can I still travel? I mean, I guess so. Yeah. But the stipulation stays the same. Yeah, but I can still travel, though. But you can still travel. I think I'm taking learning all the languages staying in America. Yeah, I could go to New York and have an international you experience. You would have That's a true. wild international experience yeah. if you could speak every language. Yeah. That's true. And also, you know, I would love to. One of my greatest sadnesses, this is going to sound so lame, is that I don't know how to read Milan Kundera in his in Czech. And okay. so um, I want to see that beauty because the translations are amazing. Right. Why is and that? Why, like why do you think that would be lame? That is probably the coolest thing I've ever heard a person oh, say. No. Oh, yeah. God. That's dope. I mean. But, yeah, something like that. Or like reading Vladimir Nabokov in Russian or French. That's cool. That would be incredible. Because you're reading it how it yeah. was solely meant yeah. to be read or when like, it was written. You know, like there are a lot of things. There are a lot of texts that I would want in the original language. And so I would, t- I would take all of those. And, you know, in New York, you can, and in L.A., in any place in America, you That's can true. find somebody who'll converse with you about them. So. Right. That and you got true. phones, right? You got phones. Hey, so I'm going to call my uncle in London. We can talk that way. <laughs> hey, yo, uh-huh. FaceTime. I'm, I think I'm going to agree and take the languages, only because I like knowledge. Got you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean. I would show off at every date. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I would be like, dope. Oh, let's go to this restaurant. It yeah, don't matter what restaurant. Italian. Yeah, exactly. would be dope. You order in South Africa. That's yeah. right. You order Ethiopian, you go to Ethiopia. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing that you couldn't yeah. do. That would be dope. I Listen, I mean, there's no secret. I'm a traveler, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely taking, taking a travel. A travel. This nigga goes on uh, cruise ships. He loves ships. He loves cruise ships. Oh, man, boats terrify me. Man, I'm I with it. you on that. But I just I like traveling in general. I feeling confined. That a oh, thing is great. moving, but I can't move off it. That's I mean, insane. But you can That's move. crazy. You That's can, psycho. But listen, you can move so much in it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, but it's, it's pretty limited, fucking though. big. It's, it's, it's a control freak. It's a control freak yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you could tell me the boat is 9,000 feet long. <laughs> I don't like the idea that, that I'm you contained. Can't go. You can't I want to go, go 9,001 feet, bro. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, you can. You're you going to hop off. Yeah, you can yeah. hop off. <laughs> You're going to be in the middle of the ocean real quick. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm taking I mean, here's one thing. I, I took five years of Spanish and maybe no, about four or five words. Same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... It's just nothing kind of that I cared about. Because there's that um, there's that poem that every Spanish student learns. It's like, Puedo escribir los versos más tristes esta noche? Whatever. Is that... 
Ah, fuck. I, I don't know. I, I don't can't know. remember. <laughs> I can't remember. It's Gabrielle. One of the ga- Gab Gabs. Gabs. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but anyway, so like, I want to read more, yeah. and I forgot it. I forgot Spanish so much. And, yeah. You know, because I took uh, six years of Spanish in in from middle and high school, and then I went to college, and I was like, I want easy A's. Right. So I started over from the beginning. Yeah. And I uh, stunted my growth in the language. So it's it's sad. I do wish that we, especially like in black communities as kids, we don't learn different languages. Like when that Spanish teacher came to our school in seventh grade for the first time. Man, I felt bad for her. Like as an adult, roast, yeah, y'all we roasted, roasted her. the fuck out of, of her, course. dude. Of course you did. And these little twelve-year-old black kids, and uh, Get you know, that fucking Spanish out of yeah, here. Yeah, I, I got in trouble. Call her Taco Bell and shit like that. I got in trouble because I was like, "Yo, you a bitch!" Wow. At like twelve, Damn. I was wow. mad. What she do? She gave me an F, and did I probably deserve deserved her? it. Yeah, yeah, I probably deserved it. <laughs> and I'm just like. This is bad. And she couldn't have been more than about 25 years old. Yo, the one thing you could never convince me to do ever is be less than 20 years older than the students I'm teaching. Because they will devour you. They will devour you. Yeah. You got to look like you could whoop their mama. You got to look like your mama could have been their kid. So, yeah. Because that was the only teachers we were scared of in school. Uh, Miss Yolanda was her name. And that's the teacher that everybody at Evangelical Christian School, that's the teacher that everybody (laughs) got sent to for her to whoop your ass. Yeah. Because I went to a school where they could still spank. I was only afraid of the black woman teachers. There wasn't any teacher that scared me. I mean, we had this, uh, I think he was from Nigeria, had the teacher called Mr. Do-All-Do. That's definitely a nice (laughs) job. Mr. Do-All-Do. It's D-O-U. D-O-U, and we <laughs> tore that nigga up, bro. We were like, what up, Mr. Doodoo? What up? Like, we, we fucked that nigga's life up. I remember he quit four months in, man. Oh <laughs> I remember he came one day, he said, I had it. He's like, I had a dream that God came and judged all of you. We said, shut the hell up. <laughs> Yo, you ruined that nigga's life, oh man. Bro, he quit, done. man. He quit. He couldn't He's take like, it. I ain't having none of y'all. Listen, Yo, I got 10 degrees in, back home. Yeah. And I got to be here teaching you people because Americans don't trust science degrees from, from the continent. Yeah, he was like, I'll be a professor back asses. home. But y'all yeah. here calling me Mr. Dude. <laughs> I'll be the head of my university back home. I'm here at this, this, this small-ass Christian school in Yonkers getting dunked on by yeah. kids. That shit was true. My Spanish teacher in middle school was Senorita Cohen. And, uh, Cohen? Oh, wow. Senorita Cohen? She was a middle-aged Jewish lady, but yeah. nobody fucked with her because she had the nicest ass. No, mm. that's the entire thing is nobody fucked with their... See, even, white girls and yeah. fat asses. <laughs> no, they go far. It's weird protection. It's very weird. They go far. It's weird protection. It's true. Weird protection. It's true. <laughs> that's true. No, you're right. They go, they go far. <laughs> you're not lying. You're not wrong. It made no sense. I was you're like... You're not wrong. The safest person in the world is a white girl with a big ass... And we're going to end the conversation. We're going to end the conversation right there, Jaquise. That's the safest person in the world. We're going to end the conversation right there, Jaquise. Disagree. Yeah, that's the safest person in the fucking world. We gonna end that conversation right there because y'all gonna sleep by yourself. Yeah, we gonna we not gonna talk about this no more. <laughs> y'all know my Twitter. Y'all, yeah, y'all know where to find me. Uh oh, I just got a text message. You go go find it. Right. Uh oh, I was just on your episode, nigga. Somebody yeah, sending me. Uh, I think. Uh, I think someone can hear this recording right now, and I am. Uh, oh boy, I'm in trouble. All right, let's. <laughs> 
guys, 2019 is off to such a great start. We're doing good. This was a dope episode. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun with y'all. Man, yeah, hit them, hit them credentials one more time. Where people can, where people can find you, where people can find your work, where people um, can watch your shit. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Raysani. Uh, I post when I do stand up all over. Um, I guess I'm doing FSU on January 18th. And I'm doing, uh, I think, a weekend at Laughs in Seattle in February. Um, I'm, you, I've worked on The Good Place, The President Show, Rel. So you might see my stuff on there, and there might be some stand-up footage of me online. But I'm, you know, around. I'm probably doing the podcast circuit in LA. <laughs> yeah, you got your own podcast, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always yeah. forget right. about that. Uh, it's a satirical satire mm. um, podcast called Misandry with Marsha and Ray. And you guys, because she's still in New York, right? Yeah, Marsha's still in New York. So yeah. it's a it's a long distance friendship, basically. It's just me whining about LA and her whining about men in New York. And uh, love it. We just did an awesome live show. We're gonna try and do one out here. So Dope. pay attention. Wow. Hell yeah! Thank Dope. you for having me. Of course, yeah. this is great. Speaking of live show. Culture King's one-year show. If you're listening to this, and it's not after Sunday, January 13th at 10 p.m. What a shot. What a chance. Hey, what a chance. I mean, listen. What a shot to take. There's a couple hundred people that might listen to it before that. Uh, <laughs> we got a couple and hundred thousand people them, that may listen yeah, to it before and, that. And the chances of them living in L.A. are so slim. It is. Yeah, I'm starting to find that out. Uh, <laughs> where all the L.A. fans at? Uh Yo, come on out. We got Open Mike Eagle. We got Teresa Lee, Carl Tart coming back. One year show. It's going to be dope. We're going to have a good time. This is the last time we're going to promote it for y'all. So, yeah. That's Dynasty it. Typewriter, 10 p.m. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday, January 13th. And again, guys, if you come, I promise I will, t- I will select three of you to come back with me. We can go to my place and watch the double episode premiere of season three of True Detective. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so stoked, bruh. I'm so stoked. So you heard that, y'all. If y'all come, y'all gonna see Edgar's apartment. Yeah, y'all can come. I don't like through. the way you phrase it. I'm gonna select three of you. Yeah, no, it's very, make very. You come yeah. back to my. I didn't apartment. say make you. Y'all had the option. Y'all can come if y'all want. If y'all don't come, <laughs> that's where I'm going. Too, I'm, I'm not coming. And I yeah. Watch <laughs> 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 Absolutely. I'm excited for that. I didn't watch season two because I was. How dare you? How fucking dare you? I tried. It's not good. It's not good. But I stand by my show. But also, season one, in retrospect, is also very bad. But I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed every second of it. It's going to be a show when, like, when people talk about our era, they're going to be like, this is what they used to do a lot. Like, they'd be like, (laughs) this fake philosophical shit yeah. and like you know two white men being deep and all yeah this is all our shows and Woody Woody Harrelson and fucking Matthew McConaughey yeah. I'm weirdly what very attracted to Woody really? I mean listen from I get the it. beginning I saw him in Natural Born Killers when I, I was like nine and I've been on board yeah. ever since I'm very interested to know that you watched movie like Natural Born Killers and walked away it's... and be like I want to fuck that <laughs> well at nine I didn't know that the stirrings as they were meant that I want to I touch bodies with yeah. that look at all the weird shit in that movie be like yeah that, that's the dude I want to fuck right there that's very funny at Awful Graham on Instagram at Jaquise Neal on all social media at Grimopolis Zero on the Twitter cut on Public. check out some of our dope shirts tpublic.com slash culture kings uh, someone texted me the other day I won't out who they are but they were like hey what's your code for forhims.com and I was like, <laughs> was like nigga it's just uh, com slash kings if anyone's out there you is know, that with it their, with their ED and they're like I want to text Edgar it's just uh, forhims.com. Hey, listen, kings. man. Let me tell you something. 
Them pills dope. They dope. Hey, listen. They dope. They're it's dope. A good night. Good night. <laughs> it's a good night. Sneak pop them. Ray looking like, what the fuck are we doing hey, now? Hey, listen, listen. You sneak pop them. You sneak pop them like when no one's looking. Like you be like, oh, I gotta go pee real quick. You just sneak pop them. Mm-hmm, you have a good mm-hmm. night. And and you know it's like. You become Barry Bonds. Yeah. <laughs> on yeah. steroids, Home baby. run after home run. Home run after home run. <laughs> and, well, then when you ain't, and then when you ain't hitting home runs, they intentionally walking you. That's right. So you're getting on base anyway. <laughs> you get <laughs> getting on base anyway. <laughs> that metaphor works so well. The only thing that sucks is when the baseball game's over and you're like, I can still play. Right. <laughs> I can still swing it, baby. I can still swing it, but the game's over. Only nine innings. Listen, this is why For Him sponsors us, guys. <laughs> this is why they sponsor us. Uh, thank you so much for being our race, honey. We bringing this back, y'all. We bringing it back. We thought, fuck it. We did it with Carl. Let's do it again. We're bringing back the deep cut, but since we owned by iHeartRadio and them motherfuckers talking about we, you going to get sued, we going to do it the correct way. And just do 30 seconds of a That's song. right. We couldn't bring it back without taking a shot at our corporate overlords, <laughs> iHeartRadio. Uh, shout out to the people who pay us. Um, uh, put that in quotations. Shout out to the people who might pay us one day. Uh, <laughs> our network hates us so much, So man. much. So much. Yo, he's doing our live show. So fuck it. Let's, let's bring back the deep cuts. With a cut from none other than Open Mike Eagle from his 2017 album Brick Body Kids, Still Daydream. It's one of my favorites. Hit him up on Spotify to go check it out. Legendary Iron Hood is the song. You know what it is, y'all. We like it. We love you. Black time got style, African push, she got a brother named Charles, he be on that bullshit, I protect my neck with some magical jewels, it can't nothing, y'all take them from me, yeah, yeah, and Cortez, cause I feel like Fabian, my fit got a head like the dome of a stadium, you think it's all good, but it's really get great again, bagging now, ladies in the clearly Canadian, yeah, don't turn away from me.